Welcome to our Hackle podcast number 21 in the series Classic Take, where we will take a classic topic of Mashiach and try to delve deeper into it. There are many blessings of physical abundance that our prophets and sages speak about, and probably these are the things that get the cake, so to say, when you talk about Mashiach, is all the wonderful, blissful, physical abundance and how wonderful life will be when Mashiach will come. So first of all, the the question is, what is the purpose of of it all? And what is the reason and the rhyme for why this will take place and how it will take place? So in the past episode, we touched upon a few of the prophecies of the future redemption. We discussed about how animals, predators, the wolf will lie with the lamb. We spoke about the ease and speed of childbirth in the future, and a few other things. Um, I'd like to discuss today, particularly one of the maybe more fundamental, uh, all-encompassing all prophecies, is the abundance of food that will be when Mashiach will come. The uh, We discussed in the past episode about the gluskois, the fresh-baked goods, so to say, that will grow from the ground when Mashiach will come. But in general, we have in Parshas Bechukosai, when the Torah describes what the world will be like when we will fulfill Torah mitzvahs in the most optimal optimal way, which that will result in the blessings of Hashem becoming revealed in the most optimal way. The Pasuk says that in Bechukosai, if we will follow the Torah mitzvahs, Hashem will give rain in its time. The earth will give its produce, and the the trees of the field, will give their fruit. The Torah discusses how the threshing will meet the time of harvesting the grapes and uh, they will continue, they will overlap, there will always be, you know, things will, there will be abundance of food and there will be so much of it that we will constantly be busy with the harvest and etc. etc. And there are, obviously there's a number of interpretations in all these verses and various mefarshim, but there's the famous, the famous interpretations from the Teras Koyenim, the Medrash Teras Koyenim on these verses, which highlight a number of the special blessings that will take place in the future. So, for example, on the verse that it says, the earth will give its produce, the Teras Koyenim explains that it means to say that the earth will give its produce not the way it does now, but the way it does it will the way it, it will give fruit in the future, the way it did in the days of Adam Rish, in the beginning of the creation, which is that at the day that you will plant a tree in the ground, it will already grow and give fruit. And this is what it means that the earth will give its produce. In other words, the way it was meant to be in the beginning of creation. And the same thing is uh, that will be different things that are grown, whether it's grain or fruit of the trees, that the day you will, you will sow wheat into the ground, it will grow right away, and the, and the day a tree will be planted, fruits will grow right away. And there's other verses in, 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 the, in the number of the Nevi'im, a number of the prophets of uh, you know the future generations, which discuss at length the great amount of produce and grain and abundance of food and the speed and of how things will grow fast and the abundance and so on and so forth. Now, what is the the reason for all of this? So the reason for this is 
the purpose of this abundance on a very simple level is that the Eden should have everything that they need to be able to serve Debishter. So in order that there should be the ability that a person should dedicate his time full time to learn Taira, so Debishter makes it that a person doesn't have to work and you know, then wait until things grow and spend so much time working the the land and then, you know, continuously watering everything and so on and so forth, but that everything will grow in a speedy, quick way and there'll be such an abundance of everything that the world will be able to reach the state as the Rambam writes, that the whole occupation, the sole occupation of the entire world will be only to know Hashem. So that's in the level of pshat, the basic level of why we will have all these things, is to be able to encourage us to learn Taita. There are additional interpretations, particularly according to Chassidus, that highlight, that highlight the advantage of all these things. But let us, let us discuss, first of all, some of the predictions of the future. So, first of all, we've seen before how we've mentioned how things will grow very quickly. There's a number of psukim and madrashim that highlight that, that things will grow in a very quick way. The day you plant it, it will grow right away. And um, there's additional additional things that we learn about as the size of the fruit, the size the size of the different things that will grow. We have, for example, a Maimar Chazal in Mesech the Ksubis, then the Mesech the Ksubis, the Kofi from Adbeis, is where a number, of, uh, a number of teachings of our sages discuss the great size and abundance the physical prosperity that will of, of the fruit of the fusion the physical prosperity that it will reflect and it says that uh, brings a teaching that that wheat kernels will grow as tall as palm trees will be will grow a, like to the height of mountains and Hashem will bring a wind and the wind will cause the um, the the kernels of wheat to you know, bump into each other, to rub against each other, and the flower will fall to the ground, and a person will just go to the field, pick up a handful of flour, and have enough for his whole family. Speaks about also other, how the kernels of wheat will be as big as kidneys of a big axe, and the other, Gemara continues and speaks about how the grapes will be as a huge size, that a person will just be able to fill one wag, uh, one grape will fill the whole wagon, and uh, he will put it in the corner of his house, and you know, the, from that he'll be able to have wine for a long time. He won't even have to press the grapes to get wine. The wine will like be created within the grape itself, and there'll be 30 uh, certain measurement of wine within each grape. And similar prophecies which speak about the huge size of fruit and the great abundance of it all. Additionally, it says that there's many. One message actually points out an interesting thing that uh, we all know that through the sin of the Chet Eitz by the sin of the Tree of Knowledge, the earth was cursed, right? Things take a long time to grow, as we spoke in the previous year, that when Mashiach will come and the curse, the Chet Eitz will be rectified, the sin of the Tree of Knowledge will be rectified, so we won't need to go through the whole procedure, the agricultural work that we, the agricultural activities that we do today in order to harvest food, to, to sow it in the ground and for it to grow and so on and so forth, it will grow ready-made. So similarly, there were many other, the, the curse of the Chet Sadas affected the earth and affected also the fruits of the, of, the, of the world. 
and uh, the world as we know it today is a is is a very you know distant uh, remnant of the way things used to be before the Chet Etzadat. It's a very far cry from the way things used to be. When Mashiach will come, things will return the way it was originally. So there's one Medrash that says that after the Chet of Cain and Hevel, which was a little when Cain killed Hevel, it says that there used to be 986 types of fruit that that a vine, that grapes gave, and now there's only we only have one type. When Mashiach will come, the rest will return. So there was, there were certain fruits or certain blessings of the earth that we don't even know ever existed that will return when Mashiach will come. So this is another element of the teaching of our sages of the uh, of of, Mish- of the things that will happen when Mashiach will come. There's other things, other teachings teach us how that even trees which do not give off any fruit today most trees are not fruit, fruit trees only certain special trees are fruit trees so even even trees that today do not give off any fruit when Mashiach will come they will give off fruit it also says that the bark of the tree will be eaten that was originally according to some interpretations original plan of creation that the eights should be eaten that the bark of the tree should be eaten this is also on Teres Kainam Aparches Bechukaisa in the Pasuk Eitz Pri, that will be able to eat the bark of the tree. So, the, the general the idea of physical abundance, as I mentioned before, is that to create an environment where people are able to learn Teres and peace and, and without worrying about natural you know, needs. Also, when there's a lot of physical abundance, there's no jealousy, as we've also spoken about in the past. Abisha will create such an abundance that no one will be lacking anything. So there will be peace and harmony between individuals. It's also some people interpret that it's a certain element of reward. I mean, this is a separate discussion which deserves a, you know, focus, you know, to, to speak about it separately, which is that the reward of the Torah, that the Torah mentions for fulfillment of Torah mitzvahs, is only, the Torah only clearly explicitly mentions physical things. And according to a number of commentaries, there is an element of reward, the physical reward in all these things, and particularly when they didn't fulfill Teira Mitzvahs in its most optimal way. So it causes as a reward, there will be an abundance of Gashmi. So we even find in the past, a number of Midrashim point out, for example, we know that in the days of Shimon ben Shetach, during the second base Amikdash, was a period of time that the Eden were doing Teira Mitzvahs, and it says that the wheat kernels grew very big at that time. So we've already had, not you know, not not exactly the same way it will be in the future, but we've already seen historically that when the Jewish people did Hashem's will, there was a great abundance of bracha. We all know also that during the time of the Beis Hamikdash, it says that the fruit had a great blessing, and actually since the Churban Beis Hamikdash, the destruction of the Beis Hamikdash took away the blessing, a certain element of the blessing of fruit. It's, things are not the same way, the way they used to be. So... Um, you know, a number of medrashim that speak about the great abundance and beautiful fruit that grew before, during, in the previous times, when the Eden were living on a higher spiritual level. So these are all different, very simple explanations of, of what is, why this will happen. There's a more important point over here. There's obviously deeper interpretations of Chassidus and Kabbalah that explain the meaning of a number of these things. First of all, a Chassidus, on a very basic level, there will be a great revelation of godliness. There will be a great shleimus from the Eden that keeping Teira Mitzvahs in the most complete way. That draws down a great blessing where everything in the world will be in its most complete form. The fact that today things are 
take time to cultivate. It takes time for things to grow where there are fruit trees or there are trees that do not give off fruit. So a number of these things reflect the fact that the world is not betachel tashlemus. The world is not the way it's supposed to be. When Yidin will keep Torah mitzvahs in the uh, highest way possible, betachel tashlemus in the most highest way, that will draw down a great godly light, which is com- which is complete. There's no lack. There's the world will be in a perfect manner. So this will be reflected in the physicality of the world itself that the physicality, the way things will grow, will be in a fast, quick, big, complete manner of Yisadavtazayin, in a way the way it was meant to be, giving that the earth will give the full potential that it should have given and, it, and that it's meant to give, because there will be a certain shleimus, a certain level of, 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 of com, complete fulfillment and purpose, and a, 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 the world will be in, in a perfect state, so will be reflected in the physical way how things grow. Um, in the terminology of Chassidus, we would explain that there will be a great revelation of light, and also the light will, the, great, the greater the light is, it doesn't have to go through so many concealments to come down here. It will be a level that's higher than Hishtalshnus, a level that's beyond the spiritual cosmos. It doesn't, it's a level that goes very quickly, and and the fact that things will grow very quickly represents as a revelation of a level which is beyond the whole spiritual cosmos of Il of Olul, where there's one level leads to another level to another level, and there's a whole chain-like descent until things come down into this world. When things come from the level which is beyond all that, that things happen very speedily. And the uh, the way the Rebbe puts it in one, in the famous Sicha, in the Kote Sicha, the Rebbe says that when a Yid, his by him, Torah Mitzvah is one with his existence. His highest and Torah Mitzvah permeates every part of his body. It causes a mirror effect within the world itself that the physicality of the world is not separate from its spiritual source. Like this, everything begashmius, everything physically grows, gets its sustenance from the way things are spiritually. But what happens is there's a delay, just like any time. We know now we're Avedis Hashem, we know our Nisham understands the way things are supposed to be. But until it affects our body, we have to work on ourselves. It's, it's a whole process. However, when Mashiach will come, our Nisham will shine in our Guf. The Guf will automatically be connected to the Nisham, and the Guf will do the way things are meant to be. So since when Mashiach will come, a person's Taita Mitzvah, his connection to Hashem, will permeate his very essence and it will permeate his entire existence, therefore that will reflect itself in the world that the physical entities of the world, the physical crops of the field, of grain, and so on and so forth, things will grow right away. In other words, the source above, which is giving the blessing for things to grow, won't have to go through a whole you know, process and delayed effect until it filters down to this world. The physicality of the world will be united with its source, which is the Devar Hashem, the words of Hashem which are creating it. And therefore things will grow very quickly because when there's no gap between the physical and the spiritual, so the spiritual blessing, which is the source for the physical the power of things to grow, will become manifest in a very quick and speedy way. There won't be any need for any time to elapse between the time you put something into the ground until it fully grows. To put this slightly differently, we know that 
for, if you want to bring an example from people, the more a person is his mind is not so refined and developed, in order for him to un- understand a more abstract concept, you have to explain it with more and more mishalom. You have to bring parables and try to take the idea and make it more relatable to this person. So the idea itself is very deep and abstract and sublime. In order to relate it to this person, so whoever is teaching it to him has to find ways of communicating it and, so to say, garbing this idea in more physical parables and, and relate it to his physical experience so that he should be able to absorb the idea. Obviously, this is a very, first of all, it's time-consuming. It takes a lot of time for him to, you have to try to explain things to him and bring it down to him so he should understand. And when he does finally get it, he's obviously getting something which is more limited which is he, what he, the idea, the way he understands it at his level, obviously is a much more diluted concept in the way the idea really exists in its abstract, sublime form. But if the person refines himself, the more the person refines and tries to work on his intellectual capacity, so the more he'll be able to understand things without having to make things so, you know, in, in, envelop things in physical Mishalom and physical parables, and he will be able to relate to th- ideas in a more abstract form. He will, he will be able to, he'll be a kale, he'll be a vessel to be able to become in tune to something which is more abstract without ha- it having to become engarbed in, you know, in, in something more, in, in more coarse terminology. The same thing is with the world today, since the world is, so to say, more coarse and it's not so refined, so when the dvarhash, when the brachas, the spiritual blessings in their source, have to come down into this world, so they have to go through a whole process where they become more and more physical, to relate more to this physical world as it is, and obviously when it comes down here, it's at a much lower level, but in the future, when the world will become refined, the world will be a keli, a direct utensil, be a, will be a vehicle to be able to absorb and contain and internalize the way things are in the spiritual source without any gaps whatsoever. So things will happen very quickly. There will be no need for a long time to elapse from the time when some seed is put into the ground until it's a full mature fruit. Chesidus also highlights a number of other points, which is, brings out a unique perspective about the future, we have, as I mentioned before, one of the predictions about the future is that even fruits that don't give off tree, even trees that don't give off fruit, the Mashiach will come, they'll all give out fruit. And Chesidus and Kabbalah discusses this, you know, very specifically. And one of the meanings that is explained is that in the world today, there are some people that are compared to Elon Sirak. We know that trees represent people. Ha'adam Eitz Sada. And in the future, today, there's certain, some people, you might look at them that they are ilone srak, they are, you know, they don't give off any fruit, they have nothing to offer. But when Mashiach will come, even those people will give off fruit. They'll also, fruits represent mitzvahs, able to give pleasure to other people, to, to influence other people in a positive way. So even these people will give off fruit. So that is uh, a famous explanation, but Kabon Chassidus goes a little bit deeper and they explain that Elon Srak, a fruit that doesn't give off trees, represents as a metaphor for the physicality of the world. The physicality of the world is uh, like Elon Srak. It's, 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 it's an existence which doesn't really give off fruit. It doesn't, it's, so to say, completely coarse. It doesn't give off spiritual potential, or so it seems at least. When Mashiach will come, 
to Elon Srak, the world that when we look at it today, we look at it as a physical coarse reality, as something which is, you know, separated from godliness, it will give off fruit, it will become refined, it will we will see the this the, the how we'll be able to give off fruit and we'll be able to you know the godly godliness and spirituality that will be able to emerge from the physicality of the world itself, because the physicality of the world will now become a vessel for godliness. And on even a deeper level, Kabbalah Chassidus goes a step further and explains that Ilani Srak, fruit, uh, fruit that don't, trees that don't give off fruit, are a hint for the Klippers, for the unholy forces that exist in the world. And when Mashiach will come, they will become transformed. There will be, I mean, obviously there's some aspects of Ketusha that have to be completely eradicated, but there's certain elements of Klippa, some elements of Klippa that have to be completely eradicated, but there's some elements of Klippa that could be transformed to Ketusha. So Mashiach will come, the darkness of Klippa, which is like Ilan Srak, Ilan Srak, something which doesn't give off fruit, is a reference is a reference to Klippa, which Kabbalistically is something which it says doesn't give off fruit. It's a uh, it's, it's concept of Kabbalah, Kelach, Isteris, Vlayavit, Peri. It's something which is dead. It's, it doesn't give off life. When Mashiach will come, even the Klippas will be transformed to Ketusha. In a similar vein, we have, the, um, we have another concept that it says that the bark of the tree will also be eaten, that the eights, the trunk of the tree, and the fruit itself will be the same. And Chassidus explained that this is a hint that the body will be on this, will be refined, will be at the same level as the neshama. So the trunk, the tree, the bark, is the body. The fruit is a reference to the neshama. For Mashiach will come, the body will be on the same level as the soul. So the physical benefits of the future represent the spiritual as a reflection of the spiritual accomplishments that will be at that time. And obviously on a more deeper level, Chassidus explains that the blessings that will be in the fruit of the, of the earth and the fruit of the trees are all, on a certain level, are a metaphor for spiritual blessing. The fruit of the earth represent angels, the fruit of the trees represent neshamas, in the future, they will be on a much higher level. The neshamas will be new neshamas will be revealed in the future, as is discussed in Kabbalah Chassidus, which is a topic which needs to be addressed separately. But there will be much higher. The malachim and the neshamas will be on a much higher level, which is a another idea which is alluded to by this the, the blessing of the fruit and the trees. But ultimately, Chassidus says a very powerful thing. Chassidus says that these are very nice explanations of all the physical. Blessings represent the how how the physical is one with the spiritual and the transformation of the physical. Even those elements in creation which seem to be negative, like the ilone srak trees that don't give off fruit, will be transformed into things that do give off fruit. But ultimately, the question is, what is the whole focus on physical blessings? Why is that the main thing? And the Rebbe says in a few places a very powerful point. We know that the ultimate purpose of Hashem is to have a dira betachtoinim, to have a dwelling place in this physical world. So therefore, it's true that through Teirah Mitzvah we cause great spiritual revelations to take place, but the ultimate revelation is when it comes down in this physical world. By the fact that the, the blessings of the future will be, will, will come, will be in this physical world, that's in a certain sense much higher and greater 
than the fact that there'll be great spiritual revelations in the spiritual worlds above. Because at the end of the day, is the ultimate intention of Hashem is that Galin should be revealed within the physicality of creation. These blessings of the future represent how godliness becomes fully manifest and openly revealed in the physicality of creation. That's why there's such an abundance of, of Gashmias. And this is the ultimate, this is the ultimate um, reward, so to say, for Torah Mitzvahs. I mean, it's not so much that the physical benefit is a reward, but the ultimate effect of Torah Mitzvahs is that there's a dira betach that the physical world itself is in a state of abundance, which represents how godliness becomes manifested in the physical world. So when we learn about all this great physicality, that physical abundance will be there in the future, it's not just a way, a means of enjoying a better life, but it brings out how the ultimate purpose of Dira Betach of Hashem having a, a dwelling place in this lower world will become fulfilled. Hashem should help. We should merit the coming of Mashiach and I'll take of Miyat Mamish. Classic Take is produced by Tudal's Podcast Productions, producers of The Daily Boost, The Weekly Fabrengen, Power Fabrengen, and Mashiach Mindset Audio. Available on all podcast platforms.